What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's edition of the Mavs Overreaction Podcast. I'm Jonathan. This is CJ. And we're on with our good buddy, Charles. Say hello. Hey. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Charles is a a dude I've known for quite some time, for many years. I think since kindergarten, actually. It's a long time. Was it kindergarten or first grade? Yeah, I, I don't know. It was, it was one of the two <laughs> right around that time. We were uh, little. I mean, I'm still little, but we were, we were tiny. <laughs> but, uh, Charles, how long have you been uh, a Mavs fan? Oh, gosh. I mean, probably since uh, when, like, Jason Kidd was drafted, I think. Because I, I remember going to the games and, like, just loving Jason Kidd. Um, yeah. Like for whatever reason, like I, I don't know why. It's not like he was like a super likable guy, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just I loved him and Jamal Mashburn. Uh, so like those were my my two guys. So I guess since like the mid early nineties. Yeah, that would have been like ninety five, ninety six, because it was the same for me. Yeah, and then uh, Charles, you'll have yeah, to yeah. You have to excuse CJ's voice. He sounds like he's been drinking scotch all day. <laughs> yeah, I sound like the movie phone guy, you know, from like the the nineties. <laughs> you know, it's like a, <laughs> it's a joke. I don't know. Well, I, I don't it. mind. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Morgan Freeman, Keanu Reeves. They knew too much. We knew too much. <laughs> you know that guy. Yeah. So CJ sounds weird. Yeah. That's all we need to know. <laughs> I sound a little weird. Anyways, uh, so oh, that's all right. But usually we start off with a little bit of uh, Dallas sports news. Mm-hmm. Um, CJ, you want to go with that? Yeah. So we have, uh, of course, waiting on the uh, the fate of Jason Garrett. You know what for the Cowboys? Yeah, for the Cowboys. Uh, that's still, I guess, unresolved. Probably won't be until his contract runs up, which is on the fourteenth. So, so but looking forward to that. Yeah, but their season's done, right? Oh, yeah, they're done. Yeah, they're they're, not they're done. toast. Yeah. No playoffs? No playoffs. For boys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so isn't it weird, too, that that dude still is uh, – has, there hasn't been any kind yeah, of – Yeah, it's, it's weird, and, it's, and it bothers me that uh, Jerry Jones hasn't made an announcement one way or the other. Like, I'm almost fearful that he's going to give him a one-year deal and see what happens. Like, I'm really fearful of that. Do you think uh, at this point, since he's not gone, that they, he's just going to be there day one? Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> like, I really want nothing to, more to do with Jason Garrett. I'm ready for him to be gone. How how much of it do you think uh, – or I don't even know how to – let me rephrase that. Do you think he's still going to be there? I think he's going to be gone once his contract runs up because I don't think Jerry Jones Isn't is going to fire him. No, it runs out on the 14th. Oh, okay. So he's still got like a week and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's really annoying. It's just weird that there's a meeting after a meeting. Like, New York already – didn't they get rid of their – Oh, yeah, yeah. Didn't the Redskins – It was like the the January – Black Friday or Black Monday or whatever it's called, where it's like a bunch of coaches got fired. Oh, wow. Except the Cowboys coach. Except for the Cowboys. (laughs) So he's – so he's not gone yet, but maybe, possibly. Yeah, I think he'll be – I'm hoping he is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Charles, do do you follow the Cowboys at all? I do. And man, if he's not fired, like, like I'm never the type of guy that's like, oh, I'm just going to root for another team. (laughs) But like, 
it would be so um, tempting to jump ship and like root for Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or somebody. No joke. Because I just I think I think Jason Garrett's the most boring coach in the league. <laughs> I mean, like, like the truth is, is it going to be any different with Jerry Jones still running things? And like, I don't really know. But Probably not. Probably. At least give me somebody with a personality. <laughs> Other than Jason Garrett, like I, I don't know. I, I just need somebody else to create a little bit of hope in me. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, you might as well just get put out a, a cardboard copy of Jason Garrett out there, and it would be no different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if much is going to change as long as the owner is uh, the still, GM. Yeah, yeah uh, still there. But uh, on to on to better things like the Dallas Stars. <laughs> it's so sad that the Cowboys like going from them to somebody else is a better thing. <laughs> yeah. On paper, man, they should be really good. Yeah. Like the, the, the stars had uh, the winter classic yesterday. Did you watch it at all, Charles? No, like I saw, I, I like I saw pictures and everything. It looked like it would probably be really cool, like really fun to attend. Um, but I know I didn't watch any of it. Yeah. It was at the, uh, the cotton bowl and uh, there was like 80,000 people. It was pretty crazy. Thankfully, the Stars won. It was pretty cool. Yeah, they're winning right now. Yeah. Wish the Mavs would do the same. Yeah, same. Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. <laughs> but then, uh, so, the Dallas Stars have been on a – they've won the last – haven't they won, like, the last four? No, I don't think so. They – I think they're kind of, like, two and two in their last four. Uh, I thought they, they won more They either that. look really good or they just look really flat. That sounds familiar. It's It's coaching is all it is. Yeah, let's say it. That sounds very familiar yeah. to me. But anyways, but uh, the last time we had actually spoken uh, on this podcast, we were talking about uh, the Toronto game. Oh, yeah, The absolute right. collapse. Mm-hmm. The thing that still stings me to this day, mm-hmm. I still think about that game. Yeah. I think the maps still think about it too, by the way. I doubt it. You don't think they think about that game, that 30-point no. loss? I don't think so. It doesn't think... seem like it because it didn't fuel them at all. <laughs> I think that – I mean, I would assume that they think about it and go over film and then they flush it and just move on to the next game because there's no point in, in, uh, in you know, obsessing over it. Uh, I mean, I don't know, Charles. What was your take on that whole thing with Toronto? Uh, you know, I, I feel like the Mavericks' losses are kind of weird. I feel like the majority of them are ones that you look at and you just want to like punch your TV. <laughs> yeah. They were winning by 30 points and they couldn't get it done. Like, like I remember, I, I think it was 2008. I actually was at a Mavs game and they were down 29 to the Timberwolves, like close to the end of the third. And they came back and it was like the most incredible game I'd ever seen. And like the fact that I got to see it in person. So like, for Toronto, like, oh man, like I bet that was the best experience for those fans. But watching it on TV at home, I was just like, oh my god, nightmare! Like, you kept thinking like, like, there's no way it's gonna, like, they're gonna lose this. Like, they get to 25 points, then 20, then 15, and they, the Mavericks found a way to lose. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty frustrated. Yeah, yeah. Toronto played really good defense and just trapped them. 
And uh, the Mavs just did not know how to respond, and it infuriated me. But uh, the the next four after that were um, against uh, San Antonio and the Warriors, Lakers, and OKC. And uh, but against the Spurs, they did pretty well, I think. Yeah, that was, was like a, a tight game, a tight game all the way through, wasn't it? Yeah, it was pretty close, it seemed. But uh, the Mavs were able to pull that one up. That was my final request after that Toronto podcast. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. I said I ended it with, please beat the Spurs. Yeah, that's right. And thankfully they did. And I can't remember, but Rick Carlo also had a comment um, after one of the games. I can't remember. Was it after the San Antonio game where he had the, the KP post? Uh, I don't remember which game it was. I think it may have been the Laker game. I'm not sure. Charles, do you know what quote we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, I think it probably was the Laker game. So the Laker, okay. Well, we, um, I don't know why I thought it was the Spurs. I don't know, but they beat the Spurs, thankfully. But, anyways, I want to get to, I want to play the comment on here real quick just so everyone knows what we're talking about. Okay, here we go. It's not a good play. Um, it's, it's not a good play for a 7 3 guy. It's, it's a low value situation. Um, our numbers are very substantial that when he spaces beyond the three-point line, you know, we're a historically good offensive team. And when any of our guys go in there, um, you know, our effectiveness is is diminished exponentially. And so it's counterintuitive. Um, I understand that. But it's a fact. And I think that there are certain situations. So that was a piece of it right there, Charles. What do you think about him saying that it's it's not some posting up KP or just the post-up play in general does not work anymore, that it's just a fact that it's not the play to go to. It, it's just extinct. Uh, I mean, I, I get where he's coming from. Uh, you know, it seems like the league is just, let's just either drive to the basket or shoot a three. There's nothing else you can do. Like, I get that. But at the same time, like, he is seven three. <laughs> I feel like I feel like when I watch these games, there's like five or six times at least each game, some guy that's a foot shorter than him gets matched up on him, yeah. and he's like ten feet from the basket. And I'm just like, back that guy down exactly, and just score like that. That's essentially what Boban does, like because mm-hmm. he can't really do anything else, you know. But nobody can stop him. Yeah. And so that's why I'm just like, why? Like, I get if you're not going to call plays, but I feel like the Mavericks also don't really take advantage of poor matches. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that. And and when he talks about it, about it being extinct, like you can look around the league and other teams still post up guys. Like I believe Anthony Davis posted up against Dallas in that game. Yes. It's like guys like Derek Favors, uh, even Giannis has done it. Like this, I've seen him do it this season. And I mean, the point is like not only to get an easy bucket on a mismatch, but if he but if he gets in the paint and he backs him down, I mean, hopefully he can get a foul, especially on exactly. a smaller guy. Exactly. And so like there's there's total like benefits to it in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, I get where he's coming from, but at the same time, I think it's total crap that he's saying that there's no benefit. I, I would agree with both of you. I get where he's coming from, but here here's my issue with what he said is I think that he should should have rewarded that to 
that's just what I don't want him doing instead of that it doesn't work anymore. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't like that he's – I don't know why it bothers me that he says that it just doesn't work. That's just not the play to go to. It, it's – he didn't say – I don't know if he used the word extinct, but that's, he's basically saying that nobody does that anymore, that the league has changed to, to the three-point shooting and stuff. I, I agree with you, Charles. He's 7'3". He's a big guy. <laughs> There's no, there's no reason why he shouldn't yeah. back that dude down. Like if he's KP in, in New York, got he purposely, purposely went for the mismatch so he could get the easy dunks. Those were some of the play. he would set up in the post. He would get the mismatch and then he would either shoot over him or drive to the basket. And if he did that, if he drew another defender, he can always just pass it back out for a three pointer to yeah. somebody. I if. If you're that big and you can get to the basket, that's an easy basket. I, I, I so I'd rather Rick Carlisle say, you know, I like Rick Carlisle. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for him. I wouldn't want anybody else in the league, you know. But there's, I said it on the last podcast too. Like, he's just one of those coaches. I just, I, I, I don't think I'll just get the logic. I mean, he knows way more than I do. He knows those guys. He knows the Mavs. He knows how they work and everything. But it's hard as a fan to see the logic and why. He, he wants that. Why does he favor that three-point line so much? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Because, like, the Mavericks, you know, they're shooting a pretty decent percentage. Um, I, I think right now they're, like, second in three-point attempts. And, like, I think they're at least top ten um, in percentage. Well, I don't know. That could have changed when Luca went three for six yeah. in, in their last <laughs> game. But I'm just like, we, we have guys on the roster that can get to the basket yes. um, pretty much easier than anybody else in the league. But for whatever reason, we're just taking so many threes. Like, it's pretty frustrating. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was going to say that I think, you know, I wonder if Carlisle was talking specifically about the just the triangle offense or just posting up in general. I think he's saying posting up in general. I don't know why he, he touched on the triangle offense because you can post up and not be in a triangle. Absolutely. Offense. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 what I, I just don't want to see, but we see it. I don't want to see five guys standing outside of the three point line, just waiting. Yeah. Honestly, you- I th- sorry to cut you off. I honestly, I think he's trying to run the Warriors style offense from three years ago. Um, because of how effective it was. Yeah. But th- that's, that's the thing is like, I think that's probably why he doesn't post up in that, in that um, I don't remember any of those players ever posting up when they had their championship run three or four years ago. What, the Warriors? Yeah, the Warriors. Yeah. I think that's why he's running it. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's exactly what, what he wants. But the, all that, all these, uh, this comment from, or this quote from Rick came from, uh, people criticizing mm-hmm. um, him not using KP in the post more in the paint. Like uh, I know Charles Barkley and Shaq, Shaq were, both, were, yeah. were both saying that. And that's why Rick said, and then even at the end of that quote, like we didn't hear the rest of it, but where he says that, you know, he wants to stop all this talk about KP should be in the post. And he's like, he shouldn't, but uh, oh man, I, I just, it just bothers me that, that he doesn't want to use him like you would use a big guy. Yeah. Because Giannis does that. Anthony Davis posts up. 
Yeah. That, I mean, all the, they use these guys down low to get to the rim to get these easy baskets because the, what they're going to do is they're either going to get the easy basket, they're going to get an and one, or they're just going to get fouled and go to the free, uh, free throw line. Right. So I just don't understand why – I don't get why you wouldn't take advantage of that personally. I guess it just goes, comes down to it's just a matter of philosophy. Yeah. That's it. I just – I would rather him just say that and just – instead of saying it just doesn't work. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily think that's true. I just don't want a seven three guy on our team that can make it to the basket, that can put back and, and just drive and get good points in the paint. Just sitting outside of, as a seven three guard, yeah. that's not what I want out of KP. Yeah, he's basically he's kind of like Dirk, how they've used Dirk the past like three years. Because I mean, I don't know if you guys have noted like noticed, but um, I think it was maybe three, two or three seasons ago. Uh, they basically either like kind of posted up Dirk mid-range or he just like catch and shoot threes and that's it. Like he, he was no longer initiating the offense and that's kind of like how I see they're using KP right now. I don't know. I don't know. What do you, is this something that's just going to stick you think Charles, or do you think they'll end up using KP more like how we used to see him in New York or. I don't know. Like I feel like Carlisle's just transitioning everything to uh, offense quick buckets or you know three-point plays but you know and here's the thing too like i get if he just doesn't want to do it or if he says hey kp's not good at it yeah or but like i, I just I, I don't think it's a bad play though because like imagine if you dropped prime shack on any team in the league right now like what are you gonna do well, you're gonna post him up every yeah, time you go down there like i don't care how many three-pointers the other team is shooting if you have a guy that is good at it, I mean, it's going to change the game. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I wish they would kind of use KP a little bit more like Dirk because, I mean, it's not like Dirk was never prime Shaq down low, yeah. but <laughs> he had moves, he could score, you know, move his way around close to the basket. And it just, I don't know, it seems like Porzingis just isn't there right now. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's more likely the case is that he's just not to where they need him to be yet, and that's probably why that he's not down in the paint. It's because if he's down in the paint, like that's a lot of physical exertion, right? That he's going to have, right? So it's probably, probably, I mean, the reason. I think, and I think that's a good reason. I just, it, I think I'm just stuck on what yeah. he actually said because <laughs> <laughs> that bothers me. Because I, when I was listening to that, I. It seems like Charles, you can probably uh, attest to this as well. Is that Mavs Twitter? It seems like has just been completely defending Rick Carlisle Rick on his comments about not using him in the posts and everything like that. But I, I've yeah. At the time, I felt like when CJ and I were kind of discussing it a little bit. At the time, it felt like we were the only ones that just didn't think that way. But it's kind of good to know that uh, someone else besides <laughs> us too uh, doesn't fully. Uh, uh, subscribe to that but he was uh when he was given that i think at the the end of that same quote oh gosh i gotta listen to it again but i think uh he was also talking about uh the triangle offense you had to send it earlier uh cj already about uh when he was talking about the triangle that's not something we do in dallas that's not how oh, he no, runs no, obviously no, no. It's a free, it, it's a free flow offense basically. He also, but what I was getting ready to say is he was mentioning that nobody else does that. Mm-hmm. There isn't anybody else, right? I don't think so. Yeah, but also like you said that 
even with or without the triangle, it doesn't I don't know if that has anything to do with yeah. posting up or yeah, I really I really just think that he wanted to get his I think he was just irritated about people criticizing yeah. <laughs> criticizing him. Yeah. But uh yeah, let's uh I had a question for you, Charles. Um when did you watch the the Laker game? With the, with the uh, I caught I caught some of it, but not all of it. Okay, so I watched like the first quarter and a half, and it was fouls galore. Basically, no. Anytime the Mavericks started to get into a rhythm, it was foul, 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 and then the Mavericks went back to to struggling. Now, maybe it's just me, like being kind of a I don't know conspiracy nut here. But I'm pretty sure the refs the refs had the Lakers winning that game no matter what, because it took the 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 Mavericks completely out of the rhythm every time the referee started calling fouls. Do you do you think that that the the NBA or referees try to like try to influence games like how that uh, referee Donaghy used to talk about in his book? I mean, I feel like I still uh, believe in the conspiracy that the 06 finals was rigged. So I, I'm still bitter. I still have uh, I, I have like wounds from uh, from that time period. I'm, like, I'm still just so mad. And yeah, you know, like it's funny. It does feel like the Lakers um or a LeBron-led team tends to get the benefit of the doubt far more than anyone else. Yeah, no absolutely. doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you real quick, too, We were when we were talking about KP uh, with the points in the paint, and uh, do you think that's something that actually Oklahoma did against Dallas uh, when they were – were they posting up more in the paint at that time? when they were playing Dallas, was Steven Adams doing any post-ups? Uh, I don't, I, I actually don't think I even watched the Thunder game. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know what? I didn't watch it either. Um, I could just kept up with it on my phone. Um, it seems like they were getting a lot more points in the paint than Dallas was. Dallas kept shooting and shooting and shooting and they weren't making anything. And then it seemed like Steven Adams or, or, yeah, OKC in general, just getting more points in the paint. Yeah, I don't think that they were necessarily posting up. I think they were just attacking the the basket. Yeah, I think you're right. And that you know that of course, you know the Mavericks go to trying to shoot shoot the ball with no with no offensive rhythm, uh, basically led them to to you know getting beaten. Like you know when they still had the lead, what. I think it was like 99 to 98 or something like that. Yeah. And all Luca had to do was go to the basket. Instead, he, he did his step back three and he wasn't hitting them. I don't understand. Like he's done this, like I think three or four times this season where it's been a close game right. and he tries to hit a step back three and he's not been in any offensive rhythm. Right. It's like, I just wish he would do what Kobe used to do and just go attack the basket in the final two minutes. Right. Yeah, it seems like uh, Luca's done that the past few games. Like you said, said when he's not in a rhythm, like he'll do that. And I get that he loves that moment, that big moment. Mm-hmm. And I, I know he loves those clutch moments, but dear lord, if you've got time on the shot clock, I don't, the clock, I don't think you have to just throw it up or no. like find a better shot, make a make a better opportunity yeah. for yourself, or go to the basket. Like if you, you said. if you pay if 
if anybody pays attention to the championship teams in the final two to three minutes of games, they go to the basket, they attack the basket, and if there's an open three, they kick it open. They kick it to the open guy. Yeah. I mean, good Lord, just go, please, go to the basket. Charles, did you see any of those those highlights with, with him in the end uh, in those moments at all? Yeah, I, I was able to catch the last few minutes of that game. Um, Can you imagine? Which was probably, was probably the worst. Uh, what was that? I said, could you imagine what my mood was probably at the time when I saw him doing that? <laughs> oh, I, I know. I know, yeah, because like, I only caught the last few minutes, which seemed to be the worst few minutes of the game where – it just seemed like Luca like turned the ball over a few times or took just some wild shot that you're just scratching your head wondering like like why you know? <laughs> yeah it it was really like I was just watching on uh well not watching but paying attention on ESPN and they show the plays that it's like you know it'll say like Luka Doncic bad pass turnover Luka Doncic step back three 27 feet miss I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. I don't know, man. I that in like, oh, go ahead, Charles. Sorry, I was just gonna say, like, sometimes, like, I have to remind myself, like, he's just a kid still, <laughs> you know, like, he's still so young, and like, you really got to see at the end of that game the difference it makes between having like a veteran guy lead your team because, like, Chris Paul knew exactly what to do every play, no doubt. where to get to on the floor to score to put his team in a position to um you know fight back and win and Luca just seemed like he was a little all over the place and it's yes. kind of the same like you see when Jalen Brunson for whatever reason was put in charge when Luca was gone like oh. Jalen Brunson it's like all right I'm just gonna drive into this crowd of people and either shoot or make a terrible pass yeah that's what it felt like it's what it feels like with Luca sometimes when like, there's just nobody else there that's been in the league long enough, like, other than Berea, maybe, yeah. who would know what to do in that moment. For yeah. sure. Because that's all that – really, that's what happened is Oklahoma knew that Dallas was just going to keep throwing up the three-pointer. And all they had to do was just let them shoot it, miss, and then get a, a – <clears throat> pass it to Chris Paul to get an, an easy jump shot on them. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Like yeah. <clears throat> um, besides the Oklahoma game, did you catch any of the last four? Did you watch the Warriors game at all? Uh, I did. Yeah, I mean the the Warriors game. That first half was so entertaining. Like <laughs> no doubtful because I felt like man, the math should be putting this game away, but yeah, right. it was just like toe to toe. And then you know, of course, once the third quarter hit, the maps just blew the doors off of it. Yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. Um, gosh, what's his name? Russell? Oh, uh, Draymond Green or Marquise Chris? Nope, neither one of those guys. Uh, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo, oh, D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell. He that dude was just going off in that first quarter. Yeah, yeah. Him and Luca were just trading threes. I yeah, think. it was like tied at forty-one after the first quarter, right? Yeah, I looked at my phone and then turned the TV on because I was like, "What is going on?" Where now they're up by two and then now they're up by three and it, it was insane him and Luca were just kind of going back and forth with their three-point shots and uh they were just trading them yeah and like I, I don't did anybody score within like the besides those two did anybody else score within the first like five or six minutes I think 
I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. <laughs> it was just yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but then, uh, as the game went on, things got a little testy. Uh, Mister uh, uh, Draymond Green decided he wanted to start talking trash to KP and try to get him off his game a little bit, which I think worked because KP went uh, after uh, him and Draymond were kind of going back and forth. He had missed a couple of passes and it went out of bounds or. Uh, I think KP even turned it over once too. Yeah, but, but after that, he he picked it up. Yeah, he did after that though. But uh, Draymond Green has always been a player that I've never been a a big fan of because I never really liked his trash talking. Yeah, I didn't. I, he used to do a lot of dirty plays, like kicking people right in the groin and yeah. stuff like that. Like I've never thought I've never thought of him as like an elite defender. Like I know that I, you, know, you see on Twitter, like people will say he's elite or that he's one of the best, but I've never thought that he was that great defensively. Um, I think he was more of like a lot of times found himself in the right place at the right time more than anything. What do you think, Charles? You, do you respect Draymond Green as a defender? Uh, I do. I mean, I, I think he's probably past his prime a bit. And I'd be curious, like if he wasn't on the same team as Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, what like how would he be like you know if you threw him on the charlotte hornets for his career <laughs> like would we even be talking about this guy at all right, right. you know yeah, I'm with you. would you well like would we even be like would his scoring be up and all of his stats be up or would he just be some guy that's on the hornets you yeah. know <laughs> would he be nicholas batum you know <laughs> yeah now i will say this though I wish so bad the Mavs had a Draymond Green type guy, yeah, somebody yeah. that will trash talk. And like, you know, I never advocate for a dirty play, but somebody <laughs> that would be like, hey, I'll go knock a guy down if I have to, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like you know, the Mavs don't have Deshaun, that guy. Yeah. The Mavs had Deshaun Stevenson for for that specifically in the championship run and uh, to made, hit threes and oh, play I defense. Like, okay. I was about to say, I was like, wait a second. He like, made a couple like, of threes. Like he made threes and he played great defense, but yeah. he also talked trash and he got physical when he needed to. Okay, yeah. I agree. I was about to say, don't, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> he made some, he did some stuff. Yeah, no, he did. Okay. They squeezed the, they okay. squeezed everything they could out of Deshaun Stevenson. Yeah. I was about to say, I'll defend. Like, uh, you know, essentially, the Mavs need a guy who has a neck tattoo. <laughs> like, that's what you know, Deshaun Stevenson had the like, $5 bill tattooed on his neck. Like, that's we right. need somebody like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. We just, the Mavs just need guys with tattoos on them. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> but we do need some, uh, man, who, who would you, who else would you want, Charles? Like, that's like that, besides Draymond Green. It's in the, um, it's in the NBA right now. That, Patrick Beverly, he doesn't have any tattoos, does he? Yeah, you know, honestly, I really wanted Patrick Beverly on the in the offseason. Like, I thought yeah. he'd be perfect next to Luca because he doesn't need to actually. I mean, he plays the point guard position, but he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. And exactly, he's like, like when he's not on your team, he's extremely annoying. You know, like oh, when I watch him play, I'm just like, God, I hate this guy, but <laughs> yeah. I like him. You know, even like I know this guy's like way past his prime, and I think he's playing in China or someplace. But yeah, uh, it's the same with like Lance Stevenson. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 The Mavs need to bring Yao back. What's that guy doing? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I'm with you on that. No, because he'd be shooting three pointers. So yeah, probably. 
Yeah, they. I do think I do agree with you. They do need a physical pre- presence guy. Like I think I was thinking that during the Laker game, I was like, oh my, my goodness, I need we need somebody a physical presence like a forward or even a center. Like put Maxi Kleber out there and have him like hard foul somebody. Yeah. I mean, would Maxi? But he's he's too pretty, though. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want anyone hitting his face. That's true. That's, and like, that's true. I feel like Bowen. He's he's too likable. You know, it's like, yeah. is he the type of guy that would just knock somebody down just because of it? Like, I don't know. I got a great idea, Zaza Pachulia. Dude, heck no! I would never want Zaza Pachulia back on the Mavs. Uh, I do. I but, mean, I guess he does fit the description. But, yeah. <laughs> I think kind of why that one guy, uh, I'm probably pronouncing his name wrong, Salah Measure. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Remember him from last no. year? He was just like that giant guy from, I don't even he's, remember where he's, he's from. Yeah. yeah. And so he's, he was like the type of guy that could be an enforcer, but. I mean, if really? it, I mean he I tried to. He was, an, he was definitely an agitator and like brought energy. In garbage time? Like, well, I mean, even when he got a lot of playing time. Like he brought a lot of energy. I know you you didn't like him. At no, all, no, I didn't. But he was a block. Like I mean, he had a lot of good blocks here. Like he he tried really hard. Yeah, because that's what we were reward is trying. I mean, how many <laughs> how many times did he get tangled up with people down in the paint? Like zero. No, like it happened like all the time. Dude, what are you talking about? No. Yes, all the time. No. Yes, I promise you. Go, I, no, go, I, go back and watch his highlights. No, no, I believe you. I just don't want it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, no, so Salah, measure, measure, measure or Pachulia. That's your choice. Dude, Pachulia does fit that, what Charles is talking, what you guys are talking about. He, he needs a $5 bill tattoo. But other than that, he does fit that description. I just don't, I do not like Zaza Pachulia at all. That guy was a dirty player. Well, I mean, that's what, I mean. Who did he fall on? Didn't he, like, fall well, on someone? Wasn't, that, or... uh, wasn't it Russell Westbrook? Oh, yeah, that was perfect. Yeah. Just because it was you Russell like, Westbrook. You like that. I do, because it was Russell Westbrook. I don't like <laughs> Russell Westbrook. But he also, he also, wasn't he the guy that had his foot under Kawhi when, when the Spurs right. were beating the Warriors? That's yeah. right. I forgot about that. Holy cow. When was that last year? No, it was the year before. Wait, when was Zaza in, in the? When was the last time he was in uh, Golden State? I think it was two two seasons ago. Oh, it was two. Yeah, I don't know why I thought. It, yeah, he wasn't on there last year. What was I talking about? That was their. Uh, they were in the finals that year. Yeah, they lost to Toronto. That's right. But uh, Draymond was getting on KP's nerves a little bit. But there was something else going on uh, during that game. CJ, do you remember what that was? Yeah, the shove. The shove. That's right. Do you remember who it was? Our boy, our prince, Did our he, crowned prince, our crowned Luka. prince, Luka Doncic. Was he doing the shoving or the falling? No, he he fell down. I don't I don't know that the shove was that hard. It looked it looked a little bit like a, a bit of a flop, but I liked his response. I back up, Marquise Chris. Yeah, yeah. How many years has he been in the NBA? I have no idea. Charles, do you he's know just, how long he's I been? I thought he was a scrub. To be honest, with I mean, you. he is a scrub. Um, he pushed Luca. He is. He, he's. Yeah, he's been in the league longer than you would think. Because I, I, I want to say there was a time when, like, he was getting drafted where a lot of people thought he was going to be pretty good. Because I think he was, like, a lottery pick. 
and he's just never really stuck around anywhere. Oh yeah, that's right. Didn't uh, didn't Luca like say something to him about being a top ten pick or something during the game? Or I thought so. I don't know if that's an actual quote. Oh, I heard really? somebody else. Somebody oh, okay. else said that. Yeah, I, I saw somebody like mention that on Twitter. Yeah, somebody had said like uh, I don't know if they were just being funny or if Luca actually said it, but someone was saying on Twitter that. Luke was looking at him and, and telling him that this is what a real top 10 pick looks like. Which I sure hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. I think, I think he was like 16th or something like that, or I know he wasn't like a top one. I don't know. But he, uh, he got uh, fined for that. Yeah. CJ, do you know how much he was fined? Oh, I don't, I don't even care. Like I wanted, I, I'm just happy for Luca to put it in his face the rest of the game. Oh, what? what uh, just start making shots? Oh, or to be, be blown out. You know? Oh, it's yeah. Like, look at the scoreboard. Bro. Oh, yeah. And that's the other thing is, Charles, he was fined $35,000 for that. Yeah. Chump change. Chump change? Yeah. That's a lot. I mean, you're making millions of dollars. That's chump change. Dude, $35,000 is a lot. For to, a sh- you, to you and me. Well, I'm talking about for, to you and me for a shove. <laughs> 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 that's a lot of money for a show i guess yeah I, yeah i mean thirty-five thousand dollars. anyways but uh <laughs> <laughs> sorry like it, it's, yeah it's it's a lot of money considering i don't even think it was like a flagrant foul uh in the oh. game no it was just a, it was just a common foul i think yeah i don't know it was a show but... i know it, was, it wasn't a common it was a technical right it was a technical it was dude. a technical foul yeah um but the other thing that just got me, I think I posted about this on Twitter as well, was that what I don't get is that they're down by 20 and that, ha- that happens. I don't know if they were down by 20 at the time that happened, but they were, they got down by 20 Yeah. and Draymond Green, like he sees the shove and everything and he's clapping and he's just having the greatest yeah, time. He was rejoicing life. in it. Even in the post-conference, he was talking about yes. it being like a positive thing. Why? I don't know, considering, like, last year, if you go back, like, he gave an interview where he was talking about how he noticed all these all these kids were, like, paying attention to him, and he's going to change up his, the way he does things and all this, like, clean up his game. Like, it happened, like, he gave that interview towards the end of the season, I think, and I'm just like, what a load of garbage. That guy's a dirty player, and he's yeah. going to continue to be one. Yeah. And it, like that was a prime example of like, oh, my teammate's gonna shove Luka Doncic down, and he's like clapping and laughing yeah. and talking about it in the post game. Yeah, I mean, other teammates were joining in with him. Yeah. Charles, did you see any of that actually? And what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I did see it, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know that the the shove was necessarily as hard as you know it, it was made out to be. Yeah, it was definitely a cheap shot. Um, yeah. And which is exactly why I wish the team had some type of enforcer because this is going to just happen more and more. Like as the Mavs are beating teams, especially these, you know, teams that are definitely not making the playoffs, that's just what teams resort to. And so because like they know, like I don't want to say the Mavs are soft, but they kind of are because it's been established in physicality, that's for sure. Yeah, and like to me, like I think I told you this on the phone, Jonathan, a while ago. I don't know why teams aren't like bumping Luca harder, trash talking him because he's frustrated pretty quick. You know, anytime like somebody tries to slap a ball out of his hand, like he loses it. Like he, I mean, he really <laughs> yeah. gets mad about it. 
So it's like if if that's me, I'm having one guy every night go after him just to see if I can get him get in his head and throw him off some. Yeah. Um, because if not, he's gonna beat you. Yeah. I think you're right. I don't think it actually takes much to kind of throw Luke off his game when you get physical with him. Yeah, and if you if you go and look at a lot of the the losses the Mavericks have, it's by teams that have been overly physical with the Mavericks, yeah. especially Luca throughout the game, like pestering him and like making him like yell at the refs, and he's make clearly making him frustrated. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I agree with you, Charles. I'm kind of surprised that teams aren't being even more physical with, with them. But that I think that just also means we need – or not we, but the Mavs need to be just as physical back. The Mavs have been doing really well in responding to teams as far as like in the game, as far as like uh, with points and everything, when shooting threes or when other teams are making runs, that the Mavs will make a run or they'll start shooting really well uh, too. Um, but – as far as physicality, I want the Mavs to have someone on their team that can respond to that. Yeah, it's been a lot of mixed results so far when it comes to teams like being physical against the Mavs. Um, like with the the New York Knicks games that they lost. Yeah. Like like uh, what's his name that um, that forward that was going to sign with the Spurs and then ended up signing with the Knicks. I can never remember his name. But oh, Marcus Morris. Yeah, yeah. him. Like that guy's a pretty. Like he was pretty. Uh, physical against the Mavericks and and smartly, intelligently, like once he got them frustrated, started like playing the defense, like the passing lanes defensively and getting those steals, like disrupting the Mavericks. Yeah. But these past four games have been really stressful for me personally. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. I have been, I haven't been doing well because I don't feel like, I don't know if they look the same since that Toronto game, man. Uh, I mean, I, I thought they looked great against the Spurs and against the Warriors. Um, well, the Warriors, even still, the they look like themselves. I really think that the the Lakers. I think the refs stole the Lakers game. Honestly, like of course they did. They I, did the same thing against Portland too the night before, where the refs oh, were giving yeah. them calls. Yeah, yeah. It's like as soon as Portland like cut into their lead, more, yes. more and oh, more yeah. fouls. But Lakers miss, they get a call. Yeah, you know that's so like. A quarter and a half into into that late that Laker game, I was like, "Well, the refs are making it pretty clear this one's over." So I didn't even finish that game. I just assumed that it was an L and moved on. And then, of course, well, they you, looked. You're they, right. They looked good against OKC for most of that game, and then just as like fell apart in the final few minutes because of taking so so many threes and not having any offensive flow. Right. I think they'll be fine. They just like they just have to figure out their identity of what they're going to, who's going to be closing out the games. And obviously it should be Luca, but he's got to change like these constant just threes. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's going to change or not. I don't think so. <laughs> I think Luca's going to keep doing I it. I think he should do it. Like, like one play, go to the basket. Next play, take a, take a three point shot. It's fine, but go to the basket like every other play. I think you need to be in a rhythm uh, first before you start making plays like that, honestly. Uh, Charles, I was going to ask you too. Um, with, um, shoot, I just forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> I just completely left my mind. <laughs> I was going to ask Charles a question. I completely forgot. Well, let's go with another question. Charles, like, how do you feel about the, like, looking at the rest of the, the remainder of the season? How do you feel, like, of the Mavericks moving forward? 
Um, I, I honestly, I feel good. I mean, I, I definitely think they're a lock for the playoffs. Like, obviously, there's still a ton of season to be played, but I think they're going to be a lock for the playoffs. Um, I could, I could see them getting past the first round too. I, I, I will, I will say both LA teams kind of scare me a bit. Um, just because I, I feel like the Mavs are going to have a hard time matching up with them. But I think once Porzingis gets back, if he can just find his rhythm, because mm-hmm. uh, even like he's had some great games, but I lo- I'm looking at these games. I mean, same with Luca too. They both had great games, but I feel like these guys are still only at like 80% of what they could be doing. Yeah. And um, it's kind of the same for the rest of the roster. Like I think like our bench is like uh, – they have like one of the best like net ratings of in the entire league. And yeah. even still, I feel like they could get better because Brunson has had some bad nights. Uh, Seth Curry has had some bad nights yeah. and like, it's crazy how good this team has been when I look at them and I'm like, these guys could still get a lot better as the season goes on. If things continue to go well, no yeah. doubt. So do you see it as a team that's just young or uh, do you see it as a team that's just inconsistent? like with Seth Curry uh, missing shots or um, like with Luca missing some, some clutch shots or Brunson. Yeah. I think, I think they're just young right now. And I mean, it's, it's being like funneled through Luca and because he's young and kind of, um, you know, sometimes he's just all over the place. He kind of reminds me, like if I'm going to compare him to somebody else in the Dallas sports world, he reminds me a bit of Tony Romo where like you watch games and you're like, Oh my gosh, he's one of the best in the league. Yeah. And then you watch like games and you're like, Oh my gosh, that was <laughs> like the worst decision he possibly could have made. Like you live and die by him, which is great because you're going to be doing well more than you're not going to be doing well, but there's going to be some hard hard games to watch with him no doubt that's like that's actually like i've never even thought about that that's a really good comparison yeah i didn't think about that either that's a pretty good comparison i think the uh i think the mavericks probably finish in the fifth or sixth seed at this point based on our sample size of the season uh i would have liked to have seen them finish top three um but with the way they've but with a lack of physicality as kind of an identity, I, I don't see them finishing in the top, uh, the top three. I do think that they still make it out of the first round. And I think they have a really good shot of getting to the Western conference finals, even if their offenses, if their offense is clicking. Yeah. 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 I, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, it's hard to say like they're going to win it all this year. But I think because the teams are more balanced than they've ever been. Yeah. Like if you get to the playoffs, I think everybody has somewhat of a like the top, you know, four or five teams in each conference could have a realistic shot of pulling it out. Right. Yeah. This season honestly reminds me of the 2013 uh, 2014 season uh, where, like, throughout the regular season, the big three in Miami, it's not like they were, you know, uh, destroying everybody, they were kind of up and down, and then a lot of teams that were good in the pa- in the past at that point in the East had kind of started to slip down, and even in the West, like the like the Spurs didn't look like world beaters. So I thought, like if you go back and watch those playoffs, like any team in, the, in those playoffs outside of the eighth seeds 
look like they could beat it, like win the, the whole thing. Like even the Mavericks in that in that 2014 playoffs took the Spurs to seven games. So like that, like that season kind of reminds me of like now. So I think that I think any team can can basically win the the championship uh, this year. Yeah, me too. You know, especially like if any of these like top teams lose even just one important guy, you know, it changes everything. So, you know, it's it's hard to predict right now. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Charles, uh, that's pretty much all the time we've got, man. Uh, but I appreciate you coming on here and, and doing this. It means a lot to us that we get a chance to talk with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure, Cause, man. Yeah, because you're out in the you're out. Where are you in Oregon, Oregon or something or? Yep, Southern Oregon. Hey, I, I will say this, though. The Mavs just released their starting lineup for tonight, yeah. which I know this is probably a, for another podcast, but Berea and Justin Jackson are getting the start tonight against the Nets. That, that's great. That's crazy. Is KP playing? <laughs> no, KP's No, he's out. Gosh. Man, oh, I'm man. so looking forward to seeing Berea play tonight. Dude, I'm terrified. But I don't want to see Justin Jackson necessarily play tonight. So <laughs> Rick Carlisle, like he's like he's all over the place with his rotations and starting lineups. So I'm curious to see like is he pulling like another rabbit out of the hat and yes. he's gonna figure out something that works, or is this just gonna be another weird night of basketball? Yeah, no doubt. I hope it's not an eyesore. I mean, should we be worried about this whole KP not playing past no. couple of games? No, I don't so? think so. I think he was due for a night off, to be honest with you. Well, he's had a couple of nights off. And only a couple. I know, but it terrified. Well, dude, that rim protection <laughs> was awful. That was terrible. Well, hopefully, hopefully somebody else will step up. Who? Oh. Cleva. Oh yeah, I forgot we got Cleveland. I mean, <laughs> not Powell. <laughs> Anyways, so. well, this has been the Mavs Overreaction Podcast. I'm Jonathan. This is CJ, and Charles is on the line. Say bye, Charles. <laughs> hey, <laughs> bye. <laughs>